Welcome to CarePod, a safe place to educate, inspire, and renew the caregiver. Listen in with our host, Dr. Kipley Bell, as she interviews different experts along the caregiving journey. So I'm really in a good space and time to interview our next CarePod guest, So important because so many people have asked me along this continuum, what's impactful caregiving? You know, what's unique to impactful caregiving? And really the narrative is that we are busy professionals who have happened to either age or have stepped upon aging for, you know, caring for an aging loved one. And what that looks like can be your own doctor or it can be the busy professional on the other side of the desk. So enter in author and guest, business coach strategist, Kenya Harris. So thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. Uh, I am going to chronicle Kenya's journey over time now, and I'm happy to have her sit with us here in the care pod today. So, Welcome, Kenya. Thank you for being Thank with you. us. Thank you. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. To share. Yes. So Kenya is the author of the book, Finding the Good in Goodbye. So I asked her to talk about her journey, you know, basically taking us initially from your journey of entrepreneurship, but also you know, the loss that you've endured personally and now having to walk through life, you know, as a boss lady, essentially carrying this weight. So, so take me through that. So, you know, my journey has definitely been interesting. So I was a young mom. I had my son when I was like 18 years old. So I didn't have the opportunity to go to college as soon as you graduate from high school because I graduated from high school and had a kid first. So I had to take a little bit of non-traditional path of finding a job and then going to college while I was working and, and I had a young kid. So it always, I was a single parent. So it was just me, you know, and my son, I had a great family support system, great village, but a single parent. And so my son um, got to the 12th grade, he's 17 years old, and he passed away. He was a passenger in a car accident. This was in 2015. It was February 20th, 2015, when he was in the 12th grade. So that was like, you know, the beginning of my life changing, you know, really drastically. Um, and It's interesting because I tell people back to this career thing and and becoming like a boss, you know, he was really my motivating factor. You know, I wanted to be my very best. I didn't want to be a statistic. So it was really important to me that even though I was a young mom and I had this kid that I really wanted to excel and get my degree and go on a path, you know, with my career. So I've been doing human resources and I work for a very large technology and media entertainment company. And I was lucky enough to be able to go to school while I was working that, working that job. Amazing. The loss then, you said that that was your driving force to say, Hey, listen, I'm the young mom with a child, but I still have so much potential in me. 
and my drive to be an example for him. So what happens after that? So, so that unfortunate thing, you know, he passes away and then I'm stuck. I'm like, okay, well, I think I was about 36, maybe when that happens. And I'm like, wait a minute, I have been someone's parent my entire adult life. So who am I? Who am I now? You know, like, what do I, what do I do? You know, what does my life look like, like now? So even though he was in the 12th grade and he was getting ready to go into adulthood, you know, he's still my kid. I'm still trying to help him usher into adulthood. So what I thought, you know, so I'm like, so now what? So, you know, after some time, some grieving time and some processing time, I started realizing, you know, I had some of these other talents. So like I said, I've been in human resources, but a lot of those skills translate into other things like project management and like in coaching, you know, that's, that's some core skills in HR and people, I realized people would come to me for things like come to me as a resource. So I was like, wait a minute, I might be, I might be onto something, you know, I might have a niche. People are coming to me for like different things and I'm actually able to help them execute on their things. I'm like, hold on. And a friend of mine was like, you need to start your own business. And I was like, start my own business? Like doing what? She was like, I don't know. Like maybe like coaching, like that was like this trend word and trend thing to do. You know, she was like, I was like, but what you mean coaching what? She was like, you're already doing it. She was like, you're already helping people. You're already helping people get organized. You're already helping them execute on their things. You should make it like official. And so that was the start of my entrepreneurial journey. And it also helped me quiet some of the noise in my head of like, thinking about what actually happened with my son, it could never really go away, but it helped me kind of put my energy in something else. Absolutely. Absolutely. So did your success as an entrepreneur or is your success as an entrepreneur your driver now? And a follow-up to that is your faith, you know, for those that suffer these traumas and look for the why and question God in that circumstance. How do you, how have you found faith? How have you found your way back? So I think it's, it's sort of a dual question, you know, how, what's your driver and how have you found your, your way back home essentially? Right. So my driver with this entrepreneurial success is helping other people realize their dreams. So now that's my motivator, like being able to help people execute on their dreams, helping people realize that they can accomplish their dreams and that there are resources out for them. That that's my driving force. So anytime I help someone navigate what they have and I see it come to fruition, that makes me want to do the next thing or like help them again or say, hey, I'm onto something like this is really good. So I really like to see people be able to walk into their destiny. So that now is my success driver. Um, But from a faith standpoint, um, you know, when my son passed, that is what definitely got me through in the first place. I think um, I'm a little, you know, people are different on how they process things, their grief. With me, I think that, you know, I know that God is peace for me. His Holy Spirit is peace for me. So I'm a Christian. I believe in God. And I know that his grace 
is what helps me to get through. I know other people who've lost their children and, you know, they might deal with it differently. They might handle it differently. They might not be able to, you know, live their day to day, maybe the way I am, you know, and I think grief looks different for everyone, but I know for a fact that, you know, God is definitely, you know, had my hand to be able to even push forward to even now find myself. So that getting back to myself, that definitely was faith. It definitely was God because I don't have enough strength to do it. So I know that has been what's helped me to be able to find my place. Remember I said, you know, what do I do now? Like I only know being a parent my whole adult life, but God has definitely been the key into me finding, you know, where I belong to go forward. And, you know, it's something profound that you said about, we hear this a lot, Oh, even with people we interview, right? Or people that are coming into helping professions, they say, oh, I just want to help people, right? right? But I think more profoundly is this concept, if you will, of putting someone else's needs ahead of your own needs. So for instance, as a personal caregiver, as a professional caregiver, there's so many times where I say to students that are walking beside me to learn medicine that it's not the medicine. It's it's how to table what's going on personally so that you can focus to give your best to the patients that you serve. And it's so when I hear you talking about how helping others push forward their projects, their dreams, their higher needs, it it has allowed you to push forward into your best self and your best offerings. So I, I found, find that to be a place of peace as well. I understand that that resonates well. So, you know, transitioning a little bit, the reason why I asked you to sit with us here on the care pod, knowing Kenya now, she has this professional coaching business. Uh, tell us more about your book, finding the good and goodbye. I would think that that was cathartic for you as well, kind of chronicling this whole experience. Have you found people reach out to you that read the book that have been, have found solace in the words that you have brought forth? Oh, definitely. Definitely. So finding the good and goodbye, um, that book, really is just a journey through my different losses in life. I've lost a lot of people young. So before I was 40 years old, um, I'm 45 now. So before I was 40 years old, most of my immediate family had passed away before I was 40 years old. So I share that in the book. And I also talk about what I got from each experience and how it's made me who I am today. I definitely talk about my son in that book and how I was able to get through that because I really think that God dealt with me in a unique way to get through that journey. And I was hoping that people suffering from any type of loss or that is grieving, what I wanted to do was give them another way to look at it. Just give them another way to look at, you know, how do I process this? What tools can I use? Um, Sometimes it's just about perspective. Um, I think some people would say, well, no, well, loss is loss and, and grief is grief, but it's your perspective and how, and how you look at it and how you process it. That's why I call the book finding the good and goodbye. So finding with the ING, meaning it's continual. 
I'm mm. always looking for it. I'm finding the good, but the thing is, I'm willing to find it. Mm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's my perspective. It's like, yeah, these different things happen to me and everything. You know, it's been a part of my journey, my life, but you know, I'm still here. So I'm willing and I'm able and I want to find the good in those things. So that's just what that's what I share in my book. Absolutely. Definitely have reached out to me. People that I don't know have even reached out to me and said, you know what? I never looked at, you know, things this way. I never even thought to have this perspective and how you know, helpful it was for them. Yeah. So it's your son and your, your other traumas in a way, you know, finding their good and healing you, but also healing the people that are reading your book. Right. So it's still, still serving greater purpose. Beautiful. Feeling overwhelmed, to-do list growing by the minute wish you had a helping hand stay tuned the care cab is on its way an errand service specifically meeting the needs of caregivers freeing up your time so you have more time to care for those you love so now fast forward right right So now we're here, we have boss lady, we have author, coach, project manager, and I'm going to let you fill in the blank. Take me what happens next. So what happens next is I said almost my immediate family, um, you know, passed before I was 40. So I still had, I still have my dad. So I still have my father and like my son passed in 2015. So from 2015 to now, you know, me and my dad have a great relationship. You know, I haven't had any major losses of anyone in my family, you know, since then. So just, you know, piecing things together. I like to travel. You know, I travel a lot. I found that during, you know, this experience has been helpful too. So just this year in May, I go to Miami with some friends. I go to Miami for about three or four days, just a quick long weekend. Um, I come back on like Saturday afternoon. Um, my dad takes me to the airport. So I leave, I go on Wednesday just to hang out, you know, with a couple of friends. He takes me to the airport, drops me off. I knew I was going to get back from the airport another way. Um, so I'm back, you know, on a Saturday, the next day on a Sunday, my dad, um, it's going to be Memorial day. So Monday, Monday is going to be Memorial day. So on Sunday, my dad is like, Hey, you know, do you want to cook some food on the grill? I'm like, sure. I need charcoal. So it's Sunday, he brings me the charcoal and he says, you know, me and your uncle is going to take a ride. We're going to get some food and I'll be back in about an hour or so. I say, great. And my phone rings about in an hour and it's my uncle saying that my dad is having a medical emergency. So he's saying he's having a medical emergency and he needs to call. He already called 911 and the ambulance was on their way. And I'm like, a medical emergency, you know, like what's going on? He's like, you know, I don't know. You know, the ambulance is on their way. So I call him back in about five or 10 minutes. And he's telling me that they're trying to resuscitate him. I'm like, what? Resuscitate? I'm like, he's just at my house like an hour ago. And, um, you know, to speed it up, you know, I get to where he is to find out what's going on. And then family takes me there. And I'm thinking, what is my dad even going to be alive when I get there? Like, so I get there and I find out that my dad's heart has stopped for nine and a half minutes. Um, and a half to resuscitate him. Um, and that's kind of how now things shifted again. 
here here we are again with um, a situation where my dad is having this medical emergency. His heart stops. He's in a hospital for five weeks. Then he's at an acute rehab center for maybe five or six weeks. And even now, right now, he's in a subacute rehab place, you know, even now. So my life has gotten real different and I, it's, it's, it's about to change because I am my dad's emergency contact point of contact. So I definitely about to embark on a new journey of what it's really looking like a caretaker situation. Yeah. And so it it's funny because so many people have, you know, there's so many times where I said, boy, I wish I had just a little camera on my shoulder, you know, to illustrate what happens at bedside, illustrate what's ha- what happens, you know, because we're all a disease, an emergency, a, a life circumstance away, really, from things changing on a dime. And so Kenya has given me the honor of walking this journey with her to allow impactful caregiving an inside look at basically from start, from jump, when you become a caregiver. And so I just find it to be, you know, first of all, I'm honored to do so. But, you know, really, when you hear people talk about caregiver burdens or not knowing where to turn or what questions to ask or how best to advocate for their loved one, how to navigate insurances, how to modify their homes for their loved one, et cetera. So we're going to go through these things step by step. But additionally, uh, I think recently, myself just turning 49, I'm realizing that, you know, the next 10 to 20 years really of a person's life between, you know, their 50s to 70s really dictates the end stage of their life, you know, in terms of what disease may manifest or, you know, what friends they may lose, what emergencies happen, et cetera. Um, So now you are caregiving you know, you, you had to, at some point, did you, did you have a moment when that all went down where you said, you know, where fear arose in terms of you having to rewalk this journey of loss yet again? Absolutely. So the first few weeks for sure, I was like, here we go again. You know, again, I'm a Christian, I have faith, but I'm also human. Yeah. And I said, here we go again. You know, like I have experienced all these losses and then, okay, it's staring me in the face again. So what, what do I do? And that was for the first few weeks. But then, you know, once I realized, you know, Hey, he's, he's getting better because what they found was, you know, they resuscitated him, but then he had a major stroke also. So now, you know, facing some impairments and things. So I start realizing, wait a minute, he's getting better, but he's had this stroke and this is going to require some, some caretaking. And I got really nervous and I got really scared because I'm like, I'm not a caretaker. I'm like, I'm not a caretaker. I don't know what to do. Um, I like to go, I like to travel. Um, and I will be fully transparent because I want people to understand. And I know, I think other people feel this way. I was like, no way. Like I, this is not what I want to do. I'm not choosing it. I, I didn't even know where, like what, what it's going to look like or where would I start? So I, in no way, shape or form was like just overly zealous and, and excited to do it 
Um, and the reason why I'm sharing that is because I don't know if all if people are always honest about that. And I wanted to say that because if anybody else thinks that, I want them to know that that's okay. And it's a natural response to not be excited about it, not maybe even want to know if you want to do it or can do it. I wasn't going to share that part, but I wanted to be transparent for your audience because I know I'm not the only person thinking that. And, you know, I'm, I'll be transparent right along with you because I think that's a huge part of my why in the private Facebook group is that, you know, why is she up here and her, you know, she's crying in the doctor's lounge, she's walking through this situation with her mom, et cetera. But it's important that we're not, you know, it doesn't diminish our professional lives and credentials to say, hey, like, I'm not okay with this right now. You know, I, I got to this platform to say, wow, I'm in the know. I know what to do for my mother, yet I'm failing miserable at times. Maybe just just because this is not enjoyable. <laughs> I don't like watching, you know, the frailty of age and disease rob my mother of her dignity or uh, her zest for life or whatever the case may be. And so it's for also the consumer or you, the patient, to understand that, hey, your clinician on the other side may be walking through some stuff too. Yeah. You know, so I think for both parties, it's important to show each other grace. You know, all of these clinicians walking around like they're not walking through a certain journey and the patient's frustrated because their doctors aren't spending time or explaining or whatever the case may be. So kind of bridging the gap. So I appreciate you allowing me in to kind of walk this through both for you and to help you best honor your father, um, but also honoring yourself in, in the interim because it's important. And I thank you for it. Um, I, it's interesting. Um, I was thinking about that, how as I'm going through this, the not knowing what to do or not understanding why certain decisions are being made from an insurance perspective or just medical perspective and how I am blessed to have someone like you, but for those people that don't have someone, you know, that they can just go to ask questions or who are willing to help, but yet you have this platform and you have your private Facebook group and you're a resource for those that can't have that immediate touch to someone. So I just want to thank you for that. And to thank you for being that for others, because it's important because Again, I was thinking, I'm like, what would I do if I didn't just have someone to reach out and touch the help that's accessible? So this platform is great. Yeah, well, I again, it's right back at you. It's right back at you. It's mutual because I don't take the trust of anyone I serve for granted, you know? So it's, it's you know, it's your loved one. It's important. It's your family, you know? Okay, so on a lighter note, you're like totally rehabbing your garage, right? So we're gonna we're gonna meet you at your garage to show what it looks like to rehab a space to prepare for your loved one, right? And how's dad feeling about all of this? So so before this happened to my dad, um, very active. So 
my dad's 65 years old, active, still working every day. It's full-time job, not frail. He's, he actually, this is his first experience in a hospital. And I said to him, I said, you know, you really know how to do things big. Your first experience in a hospital, I think you've used all <laughs> medical intervention. You <laughs> paddles to be resuscitated, a breathing tube, feeding tube. And you did it big, you know, because me and my dad had that type of relationship. So, you know, I, I told him that and, you know, he wasn't someone that loved going to the doctor anyway. So this is a lot for him, but realizing that his life has now changed is hard on him. So back to what I said about not being the happiest about doing this and, oh my God, is this going to be a burden changing my life? It doesn't negate the love that I have for my father. And it doesn't negate the fact that I'm still going to do what I need to do for him and being mindful of how he actually feels about it. Um, Cause it's not all about me. He didn't ask for this. This is a life adjustment for him too. And we were just joking the other day. I don't want him to live with me. He doesn't want to live with me. He wants to get himself together as soon as possible. They get his independence back as soon as possible. You know, we joke about those kind of things also because me and my dad have an awesome relationship. And that's why I was okay with being so transparent about how I felt about this. Um, you know, so it's an adjustment for both of us. But again, it's more of an adjustment actually for him, not yeah. for me. Yeah. And you know what? That's so profound as well. It really is. Because I think when you are navigating this caregiver journey, you do forget that at times. Yep. You know, there are times when I have to remind myself that I'm literally walking out my mother's legacy. But she was a nurse first. She introduced me to medicine first. You know, so when I'm yapping at her or frustrated because, you know, she knows better or whatever, you know, I know that her having to surrender her independence to me uh, in a lot of ways, you know, is is heartbreaking for her too. you know, not wanting to be the burden. They don't want to be the burden on their children, et cetera, et cetera. So that that's a really important note as well. And I think it all circles back to just you know, like you said, what did you say earlier about you're still finding the good? Still finding it. It's you're still finding the good. Yes. I mean, that is that is beautiful because even in this caregiver journey, we still are finding the good. We're still finding the space to give our loved ones their integrity and dignity. You know, we're still finding the space to give ourselves time for self-care and recalibration. Wow, that is just a perfect way to end. It's just, just right, just right. Finding the good in this journey. So tell us how someone can, do you offer any virtual services as far as your busy professional life? And tell us where we can get your book. So my book you can find on Amazon. It's Finding the Good in Goodbye, The Non-Negotiable Detour to Destiny. And for my services, you can go on Facebook, Facebook, and then it's Level Up Professional. Facebook, Level Up Professional. You can DM me. You can write me comments. You can find my email address there. And I offer coaching services for business 
or career. So if you need assistance with navigating your career, as far as changing your career, resume, interviews, things of that nature, or your business, if you have an event, I can help you project management your event and execute on the different things that you need to make that event successful. I have a team. Well, more than glad to help you. Beautiful. Yes, as a matter of fact, we're going to be having our first caregiver unplug event uh, for which Kenya's company will be assisting us with. So uh, looking forward to working with you both personally and professionally as well. And thank you so much for sitting with us here at the CarePod today. No, thank you. Many thanks. I really appreciate you. And thank you so much for having me. Yes. Great information right from the source. For more information on how to caregive like a boss, check out impactfulcaregiving.com. Want to be a guest on the show? Contact us at carepod at impactfulcaregiving.com.